Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Grab Some Pine Meat. Uh, my name is Jesse Flora, and I will be with you guys today talking about Giants baseball. This is a podcast about the San Francisco Giants by fans for fans. I'm not an expert. I'm not a reporter. I don't have any ties with anything other than the fact that I am a huge Giants fan, have been my entire life um, so far, and will be the rest of the way through. Um, huge Giants fan through thick and th- through the thick and thin. Um, so I love this team. That's why I'm doing this. Um, now, usually my brother would be with me, but he's not going to be with me this week again. Um, so it's just going to be me today. But I'm super super excited about what we're going to be talking about today, um, and that is the starting pitching. Uh, we're going to focus in on starting pitching, which is exciting for me because growing up playing baseball, I was a pitcher. Um, you know, I start. I was not a starting pitcher when I got into the higher levels. I was like a lefty specialist. Um, played one year of college, so um, definitely not an expert. And if you find my college stats somewhere, they're not very good. Um, <laughs> so one one year and done. That was it for me. But um, I love pitching. Pitching is is like probably it's, it, it is my favorite part of the game. Uh, pitching and defense. I know it sounds. Um, it's not very, um, you know, I guess sexy would be the word. It's not, not the sexy part of the game. It's not, you know, hitting home runs and drive, you know, powered hitters. That's not my favorite part of the game. I would much rather watch a, a two-to-one game or a three-to-two game or even a one-to-zero game, a pitcher's duel. Um, that is what I, that's what I like to watch. Um, you know, I, I really enjoy watching a pitcher just um, be masterful with his location, with his stuff. Um, I love, um, and I'm kind of sad about the fact that it's, uh, you know, I get it, and I don't mind the, you know, minimum three batter rule for relievers, but I used to really enjoy the matchup game of bringing in a lefty to get one guy, you know, or bring, you know, matching people up with that, with the bullpen, especially with, like, Bruce Bochy. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching that. Now, I'm not against the, the minimum three batter rule. I think, I think it's a good rule, and, I, and I, it doesn't bother me that much. But um, all that to say is I love pitching. Um, and that's why I'm excited today, because that's what we're ta- we're only going to be talking about pitching. Um, not going to be talking about any, not a single position player today. Basically, what I want to do is first here in a second, I want to update you on a couple, you know, news or rumors, um, both regarding pitchers. Um, one of them I'm bummed about. One of them is possibly intriguing. The guy that they might sign that apparently um, they have shown interest in a starting pitcher that I haven't talked about. I didn't talk about in the last episode, and actually. Today we're going to break down a lot of pitchers, available pitchers, um, <clears throat> who are free agents right now, who could be possible fits for the Giants. Um, one of them is someone, apparently, that they have already expressed interest in. Um, but looking at, if you go to MLB.com, the 2020-2021 uh, free agents and by position, and you scroll down to the starting pitchers, it the starting pitching uh, free agent market is a very fruitful and deep market. Uh, with a lot of names, a lot of options <clears throat> that the Giants can pursue. Um, you know, mostly filled with guys who are, um, you know, not, I wouldn't, washed up is not the right word, but guys who are looking for a rebound. Um, and the Giants have become experts at this, at taking starting pitchers uh, who maybe at one time were, were pretty solid um, 
starters who had good numbers and you were having solid careers and then you maybe had some injury troubles or um, you know just kind of lost some things. They've lately in the last few years have been experts at taking those pitchers, giving them, uh, signing them at an affordable rate and then all of a sudden they have a good year and flipping them and those pitchers themselves get a, a bigger contract on the other side. And so that's why I think the Giants actually probably have a pretty good advantage going into this offseason when it comes to starting pitching because um, they kind of have this reputation now of being a good spot for pitchers looking for bounce back years to go. And there are a lot of them. There are so many pitchers on this list who are candidates to uh, get a one-year deal and have maybe make some, uh, show some good signs of progress and that they've still that they're still good enough to pitch in this league. And um, after that, who knows for those guys? Um, the Giants have done it with uh, Drew Pomeranz, who is set to make a lot of money this year. Um, they've they've done it with you know now as we're going to talk about as we I'll just move into it right now. Drew Smiley. Um, that's the first update I'm going to give you guys. If you didn't know, I'm sure you know by now. I'm a couple days behind it. Um, but Drew Smiley has been signed by the Atlanta Braves for one year, $11 million, which is, a, I believe, a $7 million uh, pay raise for Drew Smiley. See, the Giants signed him for one year, I believe $4 million last year. And, you know, he was hurt for, you know, he didn't pitch. You know, I think he pitched like 20-something innings, but he like almost almost averaged two strikeouts per inning. His velocity was up. Um, Drew Smiley looked really good, and that's why that's why he was on my list of the Giants need to re-sign these people. I really wanted them to re-sign Drew Smiley because I liked his you know the lefty the lefty arm to match up maybe you know him and Kevin Gosman back to back in the rotation, whichever way you want to do it. Um, I thought Drew Smiley would have been a great fit for this rotation, a great fit for this team, for this ballpark. He had a he was solid when he was healthy last year. Um, but uh, I, I just don't think the Giants wanted to give him $11 million. And it's not the end of the world that they don't get Drew Smiley because there are so many pitching options available this year. There are pro- honestly probably one or two high-priced pitchers, um, a handful maybe, um, and then but the rest of them, <laughs> the majority of the starting pitchers that are available are the type of starting pitchers that are looking for that one-year deal to bounce back. Now there are a few that are up in age, maybe looking for a year, uh, you know, to finish off their career um, in a year or two. So um, I don't think the Giants will go for those individuals. They'll go for the guys who are maybe in their early 30s who are looking for a bounce back. But um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about them. But let me get into the second uh, update, which is a, a rumor, a free agent rumor of a starting pitcher that apparently the Giants have shown interest in, and that is Jake Odorizzi. Jake Odorizzi, what a name. He's someone that I have known about for a long time that I have not, you know, I've never looked at him as like, oh, this Giants need to get him someday or looked at him as this, um, you know, incredible starting pitcher. But if you look at his numbers as we're going to break, he'll be the first starting pitcher that we're going to break down. Basically, today's episode is us (coughs) breaking down starting pitching, um, just different options that the Giants have. So I'm on his baseball reference right now. And um, so basically, let's go to 2020. um, And here's the reason why he would be looking for a one-year bounce-back season. If you look at 2019 and 2020, these are the two reasons why. Um, And we'll start with 2019. 2019, Jake Odorizzi had the best year of his career. He went with the Twins. You know, I know win-loss, people don't like it. He went 15-7. and I get win loss being you know this controversial thing like oh it doesn't mean anything because you gotta your offense has to hit for you, but it's never a bad thing as a pitcher to win ball games when you're on the hill. Okay, I mean that you gotta take it 
that's got to mean something. So you know, the guy won you know almost seventy percent of the games he was in. So um, fifteen and seven, uh, he um, or sorry, seventy percent of the games there was a decision. I guess technically he won fifty percent of the games he started. So but fifteen and seven with a three point five one. ERA. He threw 159 innings um, there and 178 strikeouts. So his strikeouts, um, his strikeout ratio ratio was pretty good with a 10.1 um, strikeouts per nine. That's a pretty high number. That's really good. So, uh, but typically over his career, Jake Odorizzi was this just middle to the back of the rotation guy with a low four, high three ERA. Um, nothing incredible, you know. Nothing, nothing just super like, oh, we got to get this guy. Teams weren't just piling at the door to get him. Um, but all of a sudden, 2019, with the Twins, he had a very good year. Um, but here's why, that, here's why he's a big candidate for, um, for a bounce back year. Because 2020, he only pitched in four games. He had a 6.59 ERA, um, 13 innings pitched, uh, only 12 strikeouts. So a small sample size. I believe he had some sort of injury. I, I didn't take the time to look into that. I should. Um, but that right there, the fact that he had a very strong 2019 and the fact that 2020 was just not there, uh, with the ERA or even with his health or whatever, um, that is the perfect recipe for someone who is looking for a landing spot for one year, um, to bounce back. Now, look, he's also someone that I could see the Giants or another team giving a multi-year contract just because of his larger sample size throughout his career of, um, just being a pretty consistent middle of the rotation guy, I could see the Giants or any other team really giving him a two or three year deal. Now that's that's not unrealistic to um, to think about because um, he has proven, like I just said, he has proven to be this pitcher that can be a solid middle of the rotation guy. But I find it interesting that the Giants are interested in him. I, he was not on my radar necessarily for someone that the Giants would go after. Um, but he's a good pitcher, and I'm excited about that. If they do get him, he's someone that would slot in, um, slot in right into the middle of the ro- the rotation. He'd be he's a right-handed pitcher, um, so that would mean you've so far have only gotten you know I guess you know three for sure. If you sign Jake Odorizzi, you got Johnny Cueto, Kevin Gosman, and Jake Odorizzi as your three for sure in the rotation, guys. Um, so that that means that's just three right-handed pitchers. So does that mean then Logan uh, Logan Webb doesn't necessarily have a spot? Do you want to go four righties or do you want to find a spot for a lefty? You know, same with Tyler Beatty coming back from Tommy John. If he's healthy, I think they're looking around um, May for him to come back. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Do you stack this rotation with righties now that you've lost Drew Smiley? Do you go out and try to find a um, try to find a lefty? Um, to complement the righties that are in your rotation, um, that's the thing. I, you know, I, I'm not sure about that. I would, per- I would personally want the Giants to do that to go, you know, maybe three righties, two lefties in your rotation. But it doesn't always work out that way. Um, it's not necessarily realistic to, um, to predict that in, in any way, way, shape, or form. Um, but no, Jake Odorizzi. The fact that the Giants are looking at him is exciting for me. Um, as um, as a fan, because it shows me that the Giants are not just going to go, okay, we're just going to hand this rotation over to the young guys. Because unlike, okay, so like last year, I wanted the Giants to play their young guys, specifically on the field, the position players. I thought 2020 was a great opportunity, like to get Joey Bart into the, into the, into the game, to just pull up some young guys, give them the chance. Um, their position players, I felt like were more ready to do that with ready to do that with their young guys, with their pitching. 
I, I just don't feel like they have any starting pitchers that are just ready to just come in and play a role um, in the rotation. So um, I don't necessarily want in 2021 for them to hand over the rotation to young guys who could work out but most likely aren't ready yet. I don't think that they would want to do that to their prospects anyway. And I think that they view themselves and I as a fan view the Giants in 2021 as potential contenders for a wild card spot. So they're going to want to fill the rotation with quality starting pitching. And another thing that we have to understand in this day and age is um, five starting pitchers, the first five you go with will probably not be the five you finish with. There's a very good chance you will use at the end of the year eight, nine, maybe even 10 starting pitches, hopefully not that much, but seven or eight is more of a realistic number. So yeah, I think you do need like a Trevor Cahill as a long reliever, but he can also start. Um, And I do think you need to have your AAA rotation filled with a few guys who are ready to come up and fill a role because that's just the way baseball is now. It's no longer this five starter, five man rotation every day. Everybody's throwing at least 150 innings. No, you're going to pitch a lot of different names. Um, So you need a lot of depth. Um, so it's, it's exciting for me to, that the Giants are going after a veteran like Odorizzi. Um, MLBTradeRumors.com is predicting that he'll be signed by the Blue Jays. I don't necessarily know. Uh, I do think they were a name that was listed and in being interested in him. So um, I'm not exactly sure the story of why they think the Blue Jays are going to get him. But they're predicting a, a multi-year deal, three years, uh, $39 million. You know, that, that's possible. I don't, I don't see that, like I said, because he... You know, he has shown over, throughout his career that he's been a solid middle of rotation guy, so that makes sense that he could get a multi-year. Um, but at the same time, he's also a candidate for me for a one-year deal. Um, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of one-year deals um, out there this year just because of 2020. I don't know how willing teams are to commit to big um, multi-year contracts right now just with all the financial stuff that came from not having fans in 2020. So, um, but yeah, the Giants are interested in Jake Odorizzi. They're possibly making a play at him. Um, I would be excited about a signing of Jake Odorizzi. Um, and if he could do anything he, like he did in 2019, a 15-7 and seven with a 3.51, that would be incredible. That would be fantastic. That would make this team so much better. But it's more realistic that he'll be around, you know, a 4.1, you know, like a 4.15, you know, that's kind of where he sits He's, he's at in 2017, he had a 4.14. 2018, he had a 4.49. 2016, he had a 3.69. 2015, 3.35. But then 20, I know we're going way back, 2014, 4.13. So he's kind of been a high three, low four pitcher his whole career. So it's more realistic that he gives you a year like that than he did than what he did in 2019. But even if he does give you that middle three, number three, number four starter numbers, that's great. That's, that's probably what Drew Smiley would have done for you as well. Um, so Jake Odorizzi is um, apparently being looked into by the Giants, and so that was the first starting pitcher we were going to talk about. Um, before we get into the potential free agent fits, I just want to quickly run through a few starting pitcher names that you know could make this rotation that are already in-house, that are already on the Giants. Um, one of them is Tyler Anderson, who I believe the Giants need to handle um, getting him back through arbitration. He is someone that last time on this, um, on this podcast I said should be the Giants' number five starter. I'm holding to that, especially now that they have lost Drew Smiley because of the lefty issue. I, you know, I'm a big believer. You know, I'm a left-handed. I was a left-handed pitcher, so you know, maybe it's maybe it's biased, but I, I really value a left-handed 
Um, one or two good left-handed arms in your rotation. I think uh, especially in the division you play in against the Dodgers, you need a good left-handed pitcher or two to go up against the Dodgers because they are um, a tough team against right-handed pitching. Um, so Tyler Anderson, to me, seems like an important piece now, especially that Drew Smiley has um, gone to the Braves. I think you do need to uh, get uh, Tyler Anderson back, and he can sit in the back of the rotation. And like I said last week, he is a good number five starter. And anybody who says different, I, I'm confused as to why, why he, who, who would be better. Would Logan Webb be better? In my opinion, not yet. Um, Connor Menez as a lefty? No, not yet. He's, he's not ready. Andrew Suarez has not proven to be um, necessarily Major League Baseball material. So um, right now, unless they go out and find somebody else to replace that lefty need in the, uh, in the rotation, I think Tyler Anderson has a good chance of being in the in this rotation. So, so far, you know, at least for me, I see um, a, a, a solid chance that these three will for sure be in the rotation and at the beginning of the year is Cueto, Gosman. I mean, those two are guaranteed. And then uh, Tyler Anderson, I believe, has a very good chance of being in this rotation. So um, really, I think there's two spots that you need to fill. Yes, maybe a Logan Webb. If, they don't, if they're not super active in the free agent market, Logan Webb will um, probably be the best option to fill in with Tyler Beattie being second. The problem with Beattie is he's coming off Tommy John. He's probably not going to be ready until May. And even at that point, are they wanting to give him some time at AAA to find his rhythm, to find his arm slot, to figure... Because, I mean, you just... Tommy John has major surgery, and it's going to take time. It usually takes time for pitchers to you know, find their control again, find their command again. Uh, not necessarily their velocity. Oftentimes, they come back throwing harder, and they're, they're excited, but they can't, they can't control anything. So um, I don't think Tyler Beattie will be... You know, I don't think Tyler Beattie will be very um, well. Will have a very likely chance of being in this rotation, especially early in the year. Maybe towards the end of the year, he will find his way after he's um, been able to take some time in AAA. Um, but really, of those guys that are already in house, I think um, Tyler Anderson has the best chance of being in the rotation because of his left-handed arm and because of his his abilities throughout his career has shown that he can start at a major league level at a pretty decent um, pace. So, all right, let's get into some free agents. Um, last week, I talked about. Um, James Paxton. Um, James Paxton is still on my list um, of who I want them to go get because uh, of a few reasons. Number one, he's a lefty. Okay, he's left-handed. That is a big deal. All right. So you've got Tyler Anderson potentially, um, and then you've got probably the f- other three slots are going to be right-handed. So let's say the Giants do go out, and this rumor of Jake Odorizzi is true. They do go out and they sign Jake Odorizzi, um, and then you for sure have Gosman, Cueto, and Odorizzi in your rotation, and then let's say Tyler Anderson too. So those are your four. I think you fill in that other spot with a lefty, so that way you can split up the three righties up front with, a, with James Paxton or another lefty. Um, there's some other options as well. But I think James Paxton is a perfect candidate, like we talked about last week, for a one-year bounce-back year. James Paxton has been a very, very good pitcher his entire career. Besides 2020, he has never had an ERA above 3.90. Sorry, yeah, no, 3.90. In 2015, he had a 3.90 ERA in 13 starts. Um, That was his highest ERA of his entire career. In 2017, he had a 2.98 ERA. For most of his career, he's been a very, very good pitcher. Um, besides 2020 and five starts, you know, he had injury issues. He rushed back from injury and kind of re-injured himself. He had a 6.64 year. Right? I, in my opinion, I think 2020 is a fluke year. I do not think it's a season that will represent him for from here on out or even in next year. Um, I think James Paxton is an incredible candidate for someone, like I talked about last week, to come in 
to get a one-year deal. He probably costs maybe a little bit more than some of the other pitchers just because of what he has done in, in his past career, uh, in the past seasons he's pitched. Um, get him hopefully at an affordable pace uh, uh, price, sorry, and I, I think which I think they can. Um, they sign him one year. Um, I'm not exactly sure how much he would cost. Uh, uh, MLBTradeRumors.com is predicting him to go with the White Sox for one year, ten million. Now that's uh, that. You know, I'm curious about because Drew Smiley just got eleven million for one year, so I don't know if that ten million is accurate. It might go up because James Paxton is a better pitcher than Drew Smiley at least for the you know the rest of the past the past four or five seasons of his career Drew Smiley um, was not like James Paxton the number 1 or number 2 starter James Paxton is a top for most of his career was a top of the rotation pitcher uh, who just had a bad year some bad health injuries uh, health issues and so the Giants I think if they can get him for one year 10 million dollars boom there you go you have a good lefty who has a lot of potential upside um, to sit right there in your rotation. So James Paxton, I've already talked about him last week, so I don't need to continue talking about him um, too much. But another option who is a left-handed option is Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana was um, has been a very good pitcher for most of his career. Um, he started with the Chicago White Sox and then has since been, I believe in uh, 2017, moved over on the other side of town to the Chicago Cubs. Since he's moved to the Cubs, he hasn't been as good as he was on the White Sox. Early in his career, he was a you know, one of the top pitchers in the league with a consistent low three, mid three ERA throughout his career. Since moving over to the Cubs, kind of, you know, more recent numbers, he's been a, a low four, mid four ERA pitcher. In 2020, you know, he only started one game, so it's not even a sample size to look at. He had a 4.50 ERA. So let's look at 2019. He went 13 and nine with a 4.68 ERA and 31 starts. He had 171 in- 171 innings pitch, 152 strikeouts. He's never been, well, I guess for a couple couple seasons he had some really high strikeout numbers, but more recently he hasn't been this incredible strikeout pitcher. Um, in 2017 he did have 207. So um, earlier in his career he had a lot more strikeouts. 2018, 2019 his strikeout numbers dipped quite a bit, but he still was a pretty solid pitcher. Now he's someone else who's a left-handed option who I believe they can get possibly at a one-year deal, pro- probably around the same um, you know, same price as what it would cost to get a James Paxton or similar to the Drew Smiley. Um, MLBTradeRumors.com is predicting Jose Quintana gets signed by the Red Sox for two years, $18 million. So, um, you know, that would be like, you know, if you cut that in half, one year, $9 million. But if you go down to one year, you're probably going to have to give him more money. Um, so he is someone who, yeah, I agree, he could get a two- or three-year deal. Uh, but I do think he is a candidate for a one-year deal, uh, which I think is what the Giants are looking at. I don't necessarily see the Giants signing any of these starting pitchers for um, you know, a multi-year contract. Maybe Jake Odorizzi, if they're actually interested in him, I could see them, I could see them give him two or three years. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, maybe they would with Jose Quintana. Jose Quintana um, is a good pitcher. He's just like you know James Paxton throughout his career has shown to be a good pitcher. At certain points in his career, he was a number one or number two starting pitcher, a caliber level pitcher. So I could see, I could see the Giants giving him a multi-year deal. Um, I just think it's less likely. I feel like Farhan is looking for these starting pitchers um, to fill in this year for one year who could potentially be traded to give him more prospects for the future. Um, but I, I think Jose Quintana if, uh, Jose Quintana and James Paxton, for me, I'd be fine with either one. Um, I do think they need to go out and get a lefty. Um, but we will see what happens. Um, I do think they sign a left-handed pitcher this year. Um, but I'm not sure. Okay, now let's talk about the most expensive free agent that a lot of people want the Giants to get. 
I don't like him. <laughs> I'm just gonna come out and say it. I don't. I don't really like Trevor Bauer. Okay, um, for a few reasons. One, I think he's incredibly overrated. Um, for most of his career, he's had an ERA in the mid fours. Uh, now there's been a couple years where he has shown some really good signs. 2018, he had a 2.21 ERA in 27 starts. He finished sixth in the Cy Young voting. Um, that's a very good season. And then, uh, obviously, in 2020, he just won the Cy Young in the National League. He had a 1.73 ERA through two complete game shutouts. Um, yeah, had 100 strikeouts and 73 innings. He, he's someone who can strike out a lot of people. In 2019, he struck out 253 people um, in 213 innings. Um, but so okay, he, he has a lot of upside potentially, but at the same time, he has very good potential of being just this mediocre pitcher that you're going to pay way too much for. You're not going to get this guy for um, cheap. Now, he has said in the past that he would only sign one-year deals. Um, I don't believe that necessarily because if he you know, gets offered a multi-year deal with good pay, I'm sure he would take it. I don't, I don't see why not. Um, but he's one of those guys that I feel like you could, you would give a lot of money to, and then he could just go out there and throw a 4.57 ERA, and you're just like, well, should we have paid this much money for him? Probably not. Um, and at the same time, I mean, maybe he's a good teammate, but the guy just comes across in such a bad way. He's just always looking for trouble. Um, he's, you know, he reminds me of of Bumgarner in a sense, where Bumgarner, you know, was willing to fight, but the Bumgarner seemed genuine about it. He seemed like that's just who Bumgarner is. Um, Trevor Bauer looks like he's uh, forcefully, forcibly putting this persona on himself to be this tough guy pitcher who, you know, doesn't stand for anything. He's always the first to comment on anything. He's got his whole YouTube channel, um, you know, with all these videos. The guy, to me, he seems more worried about his persona than he does about the game. Now that could be total crap, what I just said. I don't know him personally. He's never been on, I've never followed him intensely. Uh, I just not, I'm not a Trevor Bauer fan. Maybe if he's on the Giants, I would love his personality. I don't know, all of a sudden he comes a Giant, maybe I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. I don't know. So if the Giants sign him, I'm not gonna be like, oh, come on, you know, if, if the Giants sign someone like Puig, I'd be ticked off. But if they sign Trevor Bauer, I'd be like, ah, all right. Um, I think he's overrated, and I think he's got an attitude issue. Um, but who knows? Maybe he is a great teammate. Maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's just me. Um, but I don't. I don't necessarily think the Giants need to go out and get a Trevor Bauer. I think you can get it. You know, especially if you sign him and he throws a 4.42 ERA, you can sign someone else for way cheaper to do the same thing. Um, but I mean, it, he does have a lot of upside if he continues the way he did last year with his 1.73 ERA. Then all of a sudden, that contract, whatever price you give him, looks totally fine. So. I don't know. I don't. I don't see the Giants. I don't see them going after him. I don't see Farhan going for a, a, giving a starting pitcher a multi-year deal. They're predicting this is interesting. MLBTradeRumors.com is predicting him to go to the Dodgers for four years, 128 million dollars. Um, great. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know about the Dodgers signing Trevor Bauer. I could see it, and you know, I think he's a fit. And if he okay, if he becomes a Dodger, all of a sudden I'm gonna really not like him even more because his antics are going to go up against the Giants and it's just going to tick me off. So I, I don't see the Dodgers signing him um, for four years, $128 million. I don't, I don't necessarily know if they need him, um, but who knows? The Dodgers, the Dodgers do whatever they want in the free agent market. So uh, we will see about that. But that's Trevor Bauer. Enough about him. 
I don't, I don't see the Giants getting him. I don't necessarily want the Giants getting him. I think there's a lot better options out there. Um, another pitcher who is looking for a bounce back season, who was um, a former Cy Young winner. Uh, so, sorry, Cy Young winner, not a winner. I don't. What is that word? Um, is Corey Kluber? Corey Kluber. Um, he's he's getting up in age. He's gonna be 35 next year. Um, so he's he's getting towards the end of his career. But I guarantee you, he's not ready to give up the season yet. Actually, he's won two Cy Youngs. He's finished in the top three four times. Um, so this guy used to be one of the best pitchers in the league. And in 2019, he had a bad year. In 2020, he was hurt. Um, you know, I think he had injury issues in 2019 as well. So he hasn't been good since 2018. So it's been a couple years now. But let me just talk about him for a second. In 2018, he finished third in Cy Young voting. He went 20-7 and seven with a 2.89 ERA in 215 innings of 222 strikeouts. Okay, wow. Great season. 2017, he won the Cy Young Award. He went 18-4 and four with a 2.25 ERA and 29 starts. He threw three complete game shutouts. Um, he had uh, 203 innings pitched with um, 265 strikeouts. 2016, he finished third in Cy Young voting. I know we're going back, but it's okay. He went 18-9 and nine with a 3.14 ERA and 32 starts, two complete game shutouts, 215 innings, with 227 strikeouts. Okay, 2015 was not as good of a year. He had a 3.49 ERA. But then 2014 was when he won his first Cy Young. He went 18 and 9 with a 2.44 ERA and 34 starts with 269 strikeouts. Now that's going way back. But from 2014, 2015 was okay. But basically, 2014, 2016, 2017, and 2018, he was an ace, top five, top maybe you know maybe top ten, but more likely top five starting pitcher in the entire league. He has a bad year in 2019 with health issues. He has 2020, it was a wash, basically, because of injury. Now he's going into his age 35 season. What is he going to look like? To me, he's not going to be his 20-win season, 2.89, 2.25 ERA. I say he's probably now, at his age, got potential, if he gets a full year with health, to be a low to mid-3 ERA pitcher who's still got the ability to be a solid middle-of-rotation guy who potentially, you know, depending on health, has the upside of being a top of the rotation guy. So Corey Kluber is intriguing for me. I don't, I don't necessarily know. I haven't heard anything about the Giants looking at him, so I don't know if he ends up uh, with the Giants. Um, but he is, a, you know, exactly what you're talking about. The, the, at this point in his career, going into his age 35 season, he's, he's most likely not ready to be done yet. He probably feels like he has a few more seasons left in him as and, and he's looking back at his past seasons, you know, 2018 and, and earlier of like, this is what I used to be able to do. I'm going to get back to this. Um, I just know that's probably what's going through his head um, in this offseason. So he's someone that is one of those candidates for a one-year deal um, who has a ton of potential to, um, to have a great season, not necessarily probably not necessarily back to what he once was, but to be that solid pitcher who could also be flipped in the, in, in the, at the trade deadline for some prospects. Corey Kluber, the um, MLB Trade Rumors, is predicting him to go to the Twins for one year, $12 million. Um, I would probably say that's pretty accurate on the price there, um, and I think that's something that the Giants probably are willing to do. 
They have him going to the Twins, but I, I, you know, I would be very excited if the Giants signed Corey Kluber. He's not, he wasn't on my list last week because I don't know how realistic it is that the Giants would go get him, but he is someone that they could get who could be that pitcher for one year, and who knows, he could come in throwing like he used to. Or I feel like, honestly, worst case, you know, he has an injury season, but more realistically, he would come in and throw in the mid threes, maybe low fours, and be just a solid pitcher for you in his age 35 season. So um, he's someone that I think the Giants should at least uh, kick the tires on. Um, another name that I've heard potentially, like, oh, maybe the Giants should go after him is uh, Taiwan Walker. He hasn't been that great throughout his career. Um, you know, he's had some moments. I know early on with Seattle, he was considered this pretty well thought of prospect, but he, he, most of his career, he's been, you know, in the fours of his ERA. He had pretty solid season. He had a pretty solid season with Toronto last year and six starts. He had a 1.37 ERA. So that, I mean, that's some good signs right there that maybe this is the direction he's going. Um, he had 11 total starts in 2020 with a 2.70. So in Seattle, um, he wasn't as good in five starts with a four ERA, but then he got traded to Toronto and all of a sudden he had a much better year. So um, in a bigger picture, he had 11 starts in 2020 with a 2.70 ERA. 2019, he only pitched in one game. 2018, he only pitched in three games. So two years there, 2018, 2019, where he didn't really do anything, but all of a sudden in 2020, he looked pretty good. So who knows? Taiwan Walker could be someone they could probably get for cheap um, to come into the back of the rotation. Another name is Chris Archer. Um, who had surgery last year, so he didn't play last year. He's going to be 32 this year. In 2019, he had 5.19 ERA. Uh, 2018, a 4.3 um, ERA. And then in 2017, 4. So, you know, since basically from 2013 to 2015, those three seasons, he was a very good pitcher, um, one of the top pitchers in the league. But then 2016 and on, he's been okay. So he's another name that I think they can get for cheap, looking for a bounce-back season possibly um, as well, maybe fit him into the back of rotation. So he's another guy. Um, Charlie Morton is going to be 37, um, and he he looked okay last year with a 4.74 ERA. He's had a very good career. He's been since basically 2010, uh, sorry, 2011. He's been a very consistent pitcher throughout his career with a high threes, low fours ERA. So he's got potential. Another name is um, Mike Miner. Um, he's going to be 33. He was on the A's for a little bit last year. Uh, it started with Texas. 5.56 ERA last year in, in 11 starts. Um, you know, in 2019, he had a very good year. He's an all-star, finished eighth in the Cy Young. He went 14 and 10 with a 3.59. Um, you know, that's a very solid year. But for the majority of his career, he's been a high three, mostly, you know, low mid four ERA pitcher. Not necessarily a super intriguing name, but he is someone that had a very good 2019, had a bad 2020, could be looking for the opportunity to have a bounce back here. So Charlie Morton is also left-handed. So he is a he is a potential option if you don't get James Paxton or Jose Quintana. Um, I still think there's a need for a left-handed pitcher. So Charlie Morton could um, fit into that. Uh, sorry, not Charlie Morton. Mike Miner could fit into that role. Um, possibly there. So uh, another name that's available is uh, Rick Porcello. I'm kind of going through these ones fast because these ones I'm not so sure about. Um, there's actually one that, you know, as a lefty that um, before we end, I want to talk about who, you know, could potentially fit. Rick Porcello uh, is a Cy Young winner. 2016, he won the Cy Young Award. But since then, <laughs> 2017, 2018, 2019, and now 2020, um, has not been that good of a pitcher. In 2017, he had a 4.65 ERA. 2018, 4.28. 2019, 5.52. Um, 
uh, and then 2020, 5.64. Um, I don't he'd be on the bottom of my list of guys I want the Giants to get because he has not been good for a good chunk of time now. So don't necessarily think he's a good option, but he's out there. I just wanted to mention his name. Uh, Tyler Chatwood is also available. He's a righty. Um, he's someone that's kind of just been okay throughout his career. He's available. He's someone that I think the Giants could get for cheap. Um, didn't have that great of a 2020 with a 5.30 ERA, but um, mostly out of the pen in 2019, he did okay with the Cubs with a 3.76 ERA. He only got five starts that year, but you know showed some good signs, had a pretty low ERA out of the pen. Um, another name that's available is Michael Waka. Uh, Michael Walker had a really bad 2020 with a he went one and four and seven starts with a 6.62 ERA. Now in 2019 he had a 4.76, 2018 3.20, really good numbers. Uh, Michael Walker <clears throat> started his career early on of, with you know potential to be a really good starting pitcher. In 2015 he had a phenomenal year, um, but since then he's just been kind of middle of the road with 2020 being a bad year. So, I mean, maybe he's an option as well for a bounce back year. I, I'm not, you know, not super sure how interested the Giants would be in someone like that. Uh, but lastly, the last person I want to talk about as a free agent is Alex Wood, the lefty with the funky rotation, um, <clears throat> the do- longtime Dodger who was the do- on the Dodgers from 2015 to 2019, uh, 2018, went to the Reds for one year and came back to the Dodgers. Now, here's the thing about Alex Wood. Um, 2019 and 2020 have been bad seasons for him. Um, he's only started nine games in those two seasons total. Uh, he's pitched a total of 16 games, so not a ton of games for him since 2018. But in 2019, he had a 5.80 ERA. In 2020, he had a 6.39. Not very good. But here's the thing. From 2016 through 2018, so those three seasons, 2016 and 10 starts, he had a 3.73. In 2017, very good year, very good year. Um, he went 16-3 and three with a 2.72 ERA and 25 starts. 2018, he went 9-7 with a 3.68. So those three seasons, if he could pitch like that, wow. I mean, he, he, he could be a great arm in your rotation. So he's a lefty, so he's a, pot- a potential guy that I think they could go get. Someone they can get probably for pretty cheap because he's had two bad years in 2019 and 2020. So Alex Wood is another name that's out there. That's, that's the point. There are a lot of names out there. Uh, there's names I didn't even talk about that are in here of potential guys that the Giants could um, sign. There are so many starting pitchers. That's the thing. That's that's where I'm encouraged with the Giants. Yes, right now, there looks like there's a lot of need in the starting rotation. Uh, but the good news is there's a lot of uh, options to fill those needs, uh, both in-house but more, more likely in the free agent market. There's pl- a, pl- a, a, a huge amount of names that could totally fit Um, for the Giants um, for 2020. And there's names that, you know, honestly, there's a very good chance they signed someone I didn't even talk about today. So I'm I'm interested in seeing what they do coming up. I'm not going to make any predictions on who they sign. I I still like um, James Paxton as an option. Um, Maybe next time we'll talk about relief pitchers. Um, You know, I I, I would like them to make, spend some money and get a Liam Hendricks, but there's a good chance that they try to go a cheaper route with the bullpen arms. Just historically, that's kind of what um, Farhan um, has done is he doesn't like to spend a ton of money on relievers. But you know, last week I was kind of expressing my desire for them to spend some money on relief pitchers um, or at least one. So maybe next week we'll talk about some bullpen arms and hopefully by then we can have some updates on um, maybe some signings the Giants have made or even trades. Um, and who knows, we could have a completely different conversation next week based on what happens. Um, we will see. So hey, thanks for checking us out. 
Thanks for listening today. If you haven't already, you can subscribe um, to our podcast to catch it. Um, I'm going to try to keep doing this consistently throughout the off season and then into the season. And hopefully soon we get my brother on here, Shane, can come back. Again, my name is Jesse, and this has been episode seven of the Grab Some Pine Meat podcast. And we will see you guys next time.